0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
1: Fox News Podcast presents the Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor, Brett Bear. Mr. President, thanks for the time. Thank you. You know, I've asked this question, the same first question to all the candidates I've interviewed this year, and that is this. What do you think is the most important issue facing the country right now?
0: So many so important, but we have to straighten out the economy. We're going to do that through inflation. We have to straighten out our border where we have millions of people pouring in. And we're going to do that very quickly. I had the safest border in the history of our country, and now we have the most unsafe, I think, anywhere in the world. There's never been anything like it. We have to strengthen up our military, giving $85 billion, billion to Afghanistan didn't exactly help. But we have to strengthen up our military, get the woke out of our military. and. Uh, Basically respect all over the world we don't have it anymore. We had tremendous respect three years ago We don't have respect anymore. They don't listen to us. They don't care about us Uh, They they just don't do what we want them to do and what they have to do Especially since we make life very good for many countries and we have to get that respect back and if we don't We've got some big problems.
1: We asked viewers to send in questions on social media. We had a ton of responses. Uh, here's one of them. Erica tweets this. What is the first thing you will do to turn this country around if you get elected?
0: Well, I do two simultaneously. I start drilling. We have the most liquid gold under our feet oiled, any other country more than Saudi Arabia, more than Russia, and that's going to bring down the pressure on inflation, and we're going to have very little inflation very soon. We had virtually none when I was president. And second, I'd close up the border, because we can't have prisoners and uh, people from mental institutions coming into our country. They're emptying out from all over the world, not just from the three or four countries we talk about, the neighboring countries all over the world. They're coming into our country at levels that nobody's ever seen before, Brett and we have to stop it. And they are emptying out their prisons and they're emptying out their mental institutions and insane asylums into the U.S. And we're not a dumping ground. I would stop it immediately and get a lot of the bad ones out. We'd get them out very quickly fox viewers were
1: able to watch your speech here at bedminster
0: they want to take away my freedom because i will never let them take away your freedom the day of your arrest and can you believe it federal arrest by my opponent appearance
1: in uh, federal court in miami right and your explanation of the presidential records act and your defense how You and others believe that that applies here. Obviously, you know, other legal experts, your attorney general, Bill Barr, um, they do not think that that applies to handling classified national security and defense materials. But that legal battle aside, I just want to ask you a couple of specifics. Why did you have this very sensitive national security defense documents, like the war plans for a strike on Iran?
0: So, like every other president, I take things out. And in my case, I took it out pretty much in a hurry, but people packed it up and we we left. And I had clothing in there, I had all sorts of personal items in there, much, much stuff. And by the way, when Bill Barr, who's, you know, a coward, Bill Barr was a coward, Bill Barr didn't do what he was supposed to do, I fired him, and he has great hatred, and that's okay, because some people do, and some people love me very much. He didn't resign. I I asked him, give me a letter immediately. he didn't have the courage to go after so many different things and you and i have discussed it before but he was a coward and he obviously doesn't like me too much and there are a lot of people that don't and there are a lot of people that feel just the opposite specific on the, specific but, on but the let me just explain. yeah so i've had a lot of things in there i will go through those boxes i have to go through those boxes i take out personal things uh, as far as the levels and all everything was declassified because i had the right to declassify you want to talk about a mess take a look at biden where he's got 1,850 boxes, he has boxes stored in Chinatown in D.C., he has boxes stored at Penn Center, and he has boxes under his Corvette and around his Corvette sitting in a garage for years, where it was very seriously classified. I have every right to have those boxes. This is purely a presidential records act. This is not a criminal thing. In fact, The New York Times, of all, had a story just the other day that the only way NARA could ever get this stuff, this back, would be, please, 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 please could we have it back? And they please. asked for that. Because they have no... We they were did talking. ask for it. No. And they said, gave can you give some? the documents back? And we were talking. And then they
1: said they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And, and in but why fares, not just
0: hand them over then? them? Because I had a boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to NARA yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah, but according to the indictment,
1: you then tell this aide to move to other locations
0: after telling your lawyers to say you'd fully complied with the subpoena when you hadn't. But before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things, Uh, golf shirts, clothing, pants, shoes. There were many things. I would say much, much more, not that I know of, but not that I know of, but everything was declassified. And Biden didn't have the right to do that because he wasn't president. Nor did Mike Pence, by the way, have the right to do that because he wasn't president.
1: Right, I'm not going to belabor this. but when I, you look I at want this, to just get to the other specific.
0: presidents, when they leave, they take the papers. They have thousands and thousands. Obama had it. Nixon had it. Carter had Their it. The argument Bush's is that had these it.
1: are super sensitive national security oh, documents. I'm sure, I'm sure. All right, so I'm
0: sure you'll see is, real super sensitive that Biden has because Biden has. Far more than anybody's ever kept, and he turned them over when asked. No, he but, didn't. But he that's, still that's hasn't he given the eighteen hundred and fifty boxes that's stored at the University of Delaware. In fact, they're fighting them in court, right. and they're fighting them. And but the he opened boxes
1: up for them to look at. It. Excuse
0: me. The boxes from Chinatown. He didn't turn them over. He sent them up to his lawyer in Boston. To look at before they handed him over. And their special
1: counsel is looking at that, and we'll see what comes well, out well, of it. But I do imagine. want to just, you can end imagine so I don't want to dwell to on it. But according to the indictment, you were here at Bedminster on July 21st, 2021, after you're no longer president. And you were recorded saying that you had a document detailing a plan of attack on another country that was prepared by the U.S. military for you when you were president the Iran attack plan.
0: You remember that? Ready? You were recording. It wasn't a document. Okay. I had lots of paper. I had copies of newspaper articles. I had copies of magazines. I know. This I had is specifically a quote. You're quoted and, on the know, recording and,
1: saying the document was secret, adding that you could have declassified it while you were president, but quote, now I can't. You know, this is still secret, highly confidential. And the indictment cites the recording and the testimony from people in the room saying you showed it to people there that day. So you say on this on tape. It says just the
0: opposite. That you can't and, declassify and it, you, so why have it? When, what I said, when I said that I couldn't declassify it now, that's because I wasn't president. I, I never made any bones about that. When I'm not president, I can't declassify. And right? that's what you said. You didn't said declassify that. it. I, I said no, no. I said I couldn't I could de- declassify it. You could have declassified document, Brett. There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just
1: saying what the indictment says. The recording and and the people in the room who testified. These people are very
0: dishonest people. They're thugs. They're thugs. If you look at what they've done, To other people, what they've done and overturned in the U.S. Supreme Court—these are thugs. The suggestion was that
1: you wanted this as evidence that the military, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, had preemptively sent you plans for a possible attack on Iran, and that you didn't order that to happen. That's the suggestion. I never ordered it to happen, no. But that's why you wanted the document.
0: I don't—I don't think I've ever seen a document from Milley. Milley, frankly, was incompetent. The last one I'd want to attack with as my leader would be Milley. That I can tell you. All right, last you thing know. on this.
1: You, there are 31 documents listed. Nuclear capabilities of foreign countries, related to military capabilities of foreign countries, intelligence briefings on foreign countries. Why do you want to hold on to those documents after your president? I don't say I do. You just didn't we know it were was discussing in the boxes?
0: With NARA giving them back. All of a sudden we've got raided, which is a violation of my, you know, Fourth Amendment rights. they raided my home and they came and they took things. We were discussing this with NARA. Look at Obama, look at Clinton. You know, Clinton took documents, Clinton took tapes in his socks.
1: Interviews and you know with what his happened. story.
0: The Clinton socks case. I do know it well. And it basically said the president has every right to keep whatever he wants, and that includes me. And the
1: question this is was whether. This not a criminal case. Let highly me tell you. classified government national security documents fall in that I category, think,
0: and that battle is going to be fought in the courts. It's already been fought. All right. There's a decision strongly that you can keep. But I wouldn't have kept, but they raided my house. They came in and raided. We were discussing, having very good discussions with NARA, a radical left group, by the way, and all of a sudden, my house got raided. Do you know if you still have any highly sensitive government documents? No, I, I don't have anything, no. Okay. They, but what I'm concerned about, they took everything, right? I don't know what they took. They could be stuffing it. I don't know what they put in there. And we wanted to be there when they were taking. They wouldn't let anybody in the room. They've never treated a president like this. And that's fair to, for you to point out. I guess
1: what this points to is this recording where you said you could have declassified it when you were president. You didn't. No, no. So I it's still classified. I could have when I was
0: president, but there's no document there. Those were newspaper articles. Okay. They were copies of articles and magazines. There was no document there. And I couldn't have done it after I was out. This is what you said in 2016 about handling this. In my administration, I'm going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. No one will be above the law. We also need to fight this battle by collecting intelligence and then protecting, protecting our classified secrets. We can't have someone in the Oval Office who doesn't understand the meaning of the word confidential or classified.
1: Your Vice President Mike Pence says he's, quote, deeply troubled by what's in the indictment. And he says, quote, the indictment contains serious
0: charges and I cannot defend what's alleged. Mike Pence had documents that were classified. And he turned them over. No, he didn't turn them over. He got caught. His lawyers found some documents. And then he turned them over. Why did he have them? He shouldn't be saying that because he had classified documents. And immediately they said, Oh, that's okay. And I suppose it's gonna be okay with Biden too, even though he has them in Chinatown, even though he has them in Delaware, and probably a hundred times more than I have. So you're not worried about this case? Based on the law? Zero. Zero. Presidential records Act plus the act plus the Clinton case, the Clinton case, which was won by Clinton as president because he took, he took tapes of leaders in his socks. Uh, zero. Okay. Zero. And every good lawyer has said it, and you've seen that. Every good lawyer has said that. Obviously, there are other sort of pushback. This was know. a weaponization of politics. This was a weaponization of the White House. This was a horrible thing. A candidate that's leading, I'm leading Biden by a lot, they go out and they weaponize. This is a horrible thing that was done.
1: Well, let's talk about the politics. It's never been done. Let's talk about the politics. You're you're facing, obviously, a number of potential charges in other cases. And I know you've said that you you believe that they're political witch hunts. Of course. But what do you say to the voter who really liked many of your policies? They still do but they can't handle the scandals or the controversies or the name-calling or the vitriol. What do you say to that voter who's worried that that all
0: leads to a general election loss? So, based on the polls, I'm leading Biden by a lot. Based on the polls, I'm leading all of the Republicans by a lot, by 40 points and more. Uh, Right now, I have the best polls I've ever had. People see this stuff for what it is. It's a political witch hunt. It's a continuation. More independent
1: voters watch Fox News than any other TV source. A lot less
0: than used to watch it.
1: They do watch. Those voters but a lot usually less, they usually make up all the difference in the election. And so to the female independent voter in the suburbs who struggled with family mm-hmm. financing because of inflation, she's now against Biden, disapproves of Biden but wasn't with you in 2020, and so far is a hard no for you in 2024. But what do you say not to that? looking at the right polls. What, what do you say to that female independent suburban voter who feels
0: that way, to win her back? First of all, I won in 2020 by a lot, okay? You let's know, get that straight. I won in 2020. You
1: know that this, and if you
0: look at all that's of the not tapes, if the you look at show. everything that you want to look at, you take a look at Truth to Vote, where they have people stuffing the ballot boxes on tapes. Or Mr.
1: President, let's that go was to all recent. Well, into.
0: wait a minute. Let's go to recent FBI Twitter. Let's go to recent The 51 Agents. All corrupt stuff, Brett.
1: Understand about the under Biden well, no, ballot the election. but
0: Brad, that's cheating on the election. You lost the 2020 election, Uh, Brett. Uh, you take a look at all of the stuffed ballots. You take a look at all of the things, including things like the 51 intelligence there were, agents. There were recounts in all of the swing states. There was not significant right. widespread We're trying fraud. to get recounts, real recounts, were not just numbers was of votes There were widespread
1: corruption. There was not a sense of that. There were lawsuits, more than 50 of them, by your lawyers, some in front of ready, judges. Ready? Judges that you appointed. Look at Wisconsin. That came out with Wisconsin no evidence. Is,
0: Brett, Wisconsin has practically admitted it was rigged other states are doing the same right now and it's continuing it was a review of every direction.
1: potential case of voter fraud in six battleground states and they found fewer than 475 cases you know why because they didn't
0: look it. at the right things okay but are you going they to were be counting b- they were counting ballots not the authenticity of the ballot the ballots were fake ballots. You had, this asked, was a very
1: rigged are election. Are you going to go, this is how you're going to tell that independent suburban no, woman no, voter no. We're, to vote we're for you? we're off
0: to winning an election and I think we're winning very well. Uh, I got a poll just recently, I have it here. I'd show you. No, no, no I you, know. And, and I watched but the numbers. i will show you every poll. I showed you we were leading by tremendous numbers you know and we're change. leading with women, huh? You know polls change.
1: Sure. I mean, they changed in 2016 to your favor.
0: I thought I was doing well from the beginning,
1: but you know. But they changed, the no. polls. What did you learn from your first term
0: that you took from and changes that you would make if you get elected? I would like to be less combative, but I find the press is extremely dishonest. And if I'm not combative, I don't get my word across. If I'm not combative, I don't know. I I don't think you could win. I think, regardless, me or somebody else, if somebody else got the nomination, these radical left Maniacs would come after them at a level like you've never seen before and they're not going to be able to withstand it Our country is sick It's sick. We have people that will do anything and it's a very sad thing like the document hoax They should have never been brought. We're in the middle of a political campaign and they want to arrest the opponent who's leading the person that's in theory in charge of government This stuff shouldn't happen. So what changes would you make? uh Strong people, strong government. You know, when I came down to Washington, I was in Washington 17 times of my life in D.C. And uh, I never stayed overnight. I was never there. I didn't know the people. I didn't know that world, other than I was involved in politics from the other side very much. And I, had, I put great people in, but I put some people like Bill Barr and Bolton and a few of them that, you know, actually Bolton was good because everybody, every time I negotiated, People said, oh, they've got this maniac here. He's going to go to war with us, and they'd concede every point. I mean, it was actually pretty good in a certain way. But we put people in that were great, and we put people in that weren't. I now know Washington probably better than anybody. I know the good ones and the bad ones, and we will have really great, strong people. I already know who they are, but we will have really great, strong people. OK.
1: In 2016, you said that. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people.
0: Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous.
1: Look, we had the best economy we've ever had. The this world time, has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned national security advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, Your second defense secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock, and your first defense secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milk and multiple times, you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So why did
0: you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to one that were fantastic. We had a great economy. We had phenomenal people in charge of the economy. We had phenomenal people in the military. I'm not a fan of Millie, and I'm not a fan of certain of the television people. But I knocked out ISIS. I defeated ISIS. They said, Mattis, it would take three years, and I don't think we can do it. I did it in a period of, like, four weeks. There's a lot of people knocked- who praise you for your policies. That's I just said true. that. That's true. Well, I mean, you just went through a list. But don't forget, for everyone you say, I had 10 that love us. And one thing happens, I find, with me that I think didn't happen so much with other presidents. Um, call it glamorous time call it whatever But with me the times the Washington Post various people even Fox cuz you know I'm no great fan of Fox anymore. They what fought me. They fought me very hard Well, you gotta get your word out somehow, right? They fought me very hard in 2016 very much the way they're fighting me now very very hard and I won Then they became very nice, but I will tell you that uh, Something happens when people leave. They can like me very much. I have this woman named Alyssa Farah. She said the greatest things long after she left. He's the greatest president we've ever had. He was unbelievable, unbelievable. Then The View offered her a contract, but obviously only if she changed her views. And all of a sudden she can say negative things. Money gets offered to people, and some people change. But, there's but a lot I there's people say on that list that are
1: not taking money. That decided that they're well, not for the most part,
0: they are. You know, Barr did a book. Barr was a coward. The name people that you name, for every person you name, I can name 20 people that loved the administration. And maybe more importantly, the voters love the administration. The voters are dying to get back to it, Brett. The voters are tired of being laughed at all over the world. We're run by a fool. We're run by a man that doesn't have a clue.
1: I want to talk about foreign policy, but just to leave this, you have former senior advisor, Steve Cortez, saying it's going to be tough for you to get the best and the brightest because of some of the name calling of people who left. So what do you say to that? Steve
0: Cortez is a nice person, but I didn't give him the job he wanted because I didn't think he was qualified. Then he went over to Sanctimonious' camp. I didn't give him the job. So I'd probably say the same kind of thing if I wouldn't get a job, if somebody wants a job. And a lot of the people that you mentioned there, they didn't get the job. A couple of them weren't made permanent. I didn't want to make them permanent because I didn't think they were good enough. Now, during the course of that four years, I know the best people. Remember this. We took out ISIS. We developed Space Force. I rebuilt the military. I got the largest tax cuts in history. I got the largest regulation cuts in history. I did right to try so that people don't have to die without a chance. We could use space-age medical knowledge, and we have the greatest labs in the world. I did all of these things and much, much more. Nobody's ever seen it like that. One other thing, Russia would have never invaded Ukraine. China would never be talking about even the concept of going into Taiwan. Would have never happened. I was getting out of Afghanistan. We would have gotten out through dignity and strength. Instead, it was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. These are all great things, and people want them back. We'll continue right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts
1: Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News senior meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met with Chinese President Xi Jinping in right. Beijing. You've been very critical towards Biden administration policy toward China. Today, Blinken said this We do not support Taiwan
0: independence. Should Taiwan be independent? So if I tell you an answer, it's going to hurt me in negotiations on the assumption that I win. But I have a very good relationship with President Xi. After COVID came in, I sort of didn't want the relationship. And I sort of ended the relationship after having made one of the greatest trade deals ever made, including USMCA, Mexico, Canada. But I made deals with Japan, With it. I made deals with many countries. We had the worst trade deals, now we have the best trade deals. By the way, USMCA, Canada, and Mexico, it's so good because they we replaced NAFTA, which everybody said, you even said, be impossible to end it. I got it terminated by Congress, actually, and got USMCA. It's so good now that I Mexico and said that, Canada, by the way Mexico, well, it's a long time ago, but Mexico and Canada, it's so good they want to renegotiate the deal. I hope they don't do that. I hope we don't agree to that. But I made the best trade deal with China, $50 billion a year where they have to buy from us. I got $28 billion from China to give to our farmers because our farmers were treated badly. So would so you bad. keep the
1: China tariffs on?
0: I would keep, keep the China tariffs What well, would, would take them off? No, i keep them on, absolutely. It's a tremendous power thing. You keep them on, China was dying over the tariffs. They were, I took in hundreds of billions of dollars from China, no other president has ever taken 10 cents. I watched Gordon Chang the other night say the only one that was tough on China, so tough that frankly he couldn't believe it was Donald Trump. So
1: the question is Would you, if China invaded Taiwan, would you go to war to defend Taiwan? I don't want to say
0: that because that hurts me in negotiations with regard to President Xi. Now, he knows what I do. And by the way, for four years they didn't invade Taiwan and they never even talked about it. You'll find very few discussions about it. And for four years, Russia never even thought about it, because Putin and I had a very good relationship, business relationship, but I got along with him and he got along with me despite the phony Russia witch hunt, which made it much more difficult. Having that phony Adam Schiff, Hillary Clinton witch hunt for two and a half years going on made it much more difficult. Despite that, he knew he could not go into Ukraine. I told him very strongly, you can't do it. And if you do it, it's gonna be a problem. And he never did. I wanna
1: talk about Ukraine, but just to end on China, this weekend, President Biden, speaking of that Chinese spy balloon,
0: said this. I think it was more embarrassing than it was intentional." What do you think about that? I think it's such a stupid what would you state? have done? He doesn't know what he's, they wouldn't have ever had a spy balloon if I was president. There wouldn't be a spy balloon over our country. That spy balloon was going right over our nuclear sites, taking pictures. And we killed it after it had already, it was leaving. It was going back home to China, wherever it was going. But we shot it down over the ocean after it had done all of its work. You know, they don't keep it on the balloon and then you pick it up. That stuff is sent back to China instantaneously as it's taken. So a statement like that is so stupid. They've taken pictures of every one of our nuclear facilities in the Midwest where we have a lot where they know better than anybody that we have a lot. And
1: you're saying that wouldn't happen under you?
0: They wouldn't have ever done it, no. They wouldn't have ever done it, no. President Xi and I had a very strong relationship, just like I did with Kim Jong-un of North Korea. Look, when I took office, everyone assumed we were going to war with North Korea, including President Obama. He said, the single biggest problem we have in the world today is North Korea. I said, have you called him? And I got sort of a mixed answer. The answer is he did call, but. Kim Jong-un wouldn't see them, okay? Tough guy, smart guy, tough guy. I got along with him and there was no threat. I did an amazing job. That would have been a war. If, if Obama would have stayed or if Hillary Clinton would have been in a little bit longer, if they would have extended his term miraculously, but if Hillary Clinton would have gone, you would have had a nuclear war with North Korea. And by the way, You're possibly very close right now. This is the most dangerous time in the history of our country. You're possibly very close to having a nuclear war with Russia.
1: All right, let's talk about Russia. You said you would end the Russia-Ukraine war in 24 hours. Your GOP opponents, um, well, they don't believe that. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie said this. Despite how ridiculous that is to say, I suspect he would try to do it by turning Ukraine over to Putin and Russia.
0: How How would you do that? Okay, ready? Number one, Chris Christie, who I know very well, he got out of New Jersey after the Bridgegate scandal, which was a mess. He got out of New Jersey with a 9% approval rating, and most people say it was less than that, okay? Now, he wouldn't be the right guy to do it, but I am. I got along with Zelensky very well because he came up with the impeachment hoax number one. He come up, you, you know what he said, no, I wasn't threatened at all. I don't even know what you're talking about. When they said, were you threatened by President Trump? He was very good. He could have grandstanded and said, well, I felt a little bit threatened. No, he wasn't threatened at all. And he said it very loud and I got along with him very well. I respected him for that because, frankly, he could have done a grandstand and, you know, maybe look good, maybe look bad. I don't know, but he could have done something different. He said, I was never threatened. That was a very nice conversation. I called him up to congratulate him. And with Putin, I have a very good relationship. I mean, I haven't spoken to him in a long while. But I had a very strong relationship but with But was Putin. he
1: wrong to invade Ukraine?
0: He wouldn't have done it if, if it were me. But he it was did the wrong that moment. after I left. I thought he might do it. Look, I talked to him. I said, if you do it, there's gonna be hell to pay. It's gonna be a catastrophe. Don't do it. He said, no, 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 you won't do that. I told him I was gonna do something. He said, no, 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 you will not do that. I said, I will, Vladimir, I will do it. I'm gonna do it. You're and you know what? what? He didn't believe me. Whatever. Whatever, it was pretty bad. And he didn't believe me at all, except for maybe 10%. And 10% is all you needed. There was no threat. It was only after I left that you started hearing about this. But you believe but Ukraine, Ukraine will tell is a you.
1: separate country from Russia?
0: Yeah, it's a separate country, so but at one Putin, point, it wasn't a separate right, country, Putin and, have and, Crimea? and Putin liked it that way back. Is that
1: part of the deal? Is, should Putin get
0: Crimea? Well, well, is that right, what you- Right now, I don't talk about those deals, because it really would impede a negotiation. But I'm telling you within 24 hours, that's what I did. I became very rich by doing deals, very rich. And you know what? Much more so than people even understand. And that's what I do. I would have a deal done in 24 hours from the time we started. And I would tell Zelensky something and I would tell Putin something and I'd get him into a room and I'd tell him again and again. I would have a deal done very quickly. And you know what? The death would stop. And the destruction would stop. Because look, Ukraine has been wiped out. Under your administration, the U.S. did not go to war. Um,
1: First time in 78 years. Can you see a scenario where you would go to war if Iran, for example, got a nuclear weapon?
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, we would have had a great deal with Iran. I was getting very close to Iran. We We would have had a deal done with Iran within two weeks after the election, they wouldn't have had a nuclear weapon and they would have been very happy. Everybody would have been happy. I terminated that horrible thing called the Iran nuclear deal, one of the dumbest deals I've ever seen. I've seen some dumb ones. NAFTA was bad, they were all bad. The dumbest one was the Iran nuclear deal where billions of dollars in cash was brought over to Iran in Boeing 757s uh, and just handed billions, cash. Green, I mean, green cash. Remember one thing about that deal? It expired very in a short period of time. You know, it expired. And that gave them an open road to having nuclear weapons. You know, people thought, like, this Iran nuclear deal that was done by Obama was, like, a good deal. It was so terrible. But remember this. It expired in just about now. It expired. And once it expired, they had the right to do anything. I terminated that deal, was on my way to making an unbelievable deal where they don't have nuclear weapons. The other thing I was, I think, doing very well with China and Russia, getting rid of nuclear weapons. I was making a lot of progress on that until the election.
1: And you think that's all gone away?
0: I think it can come back, but it certainly went away quickly.
1: One of the people, one of the countries... the current
0: administration doesn't have the capability to do it. They don't have the capability to do it. They don't have a clue. The Chinese, very smart. This is a very smart country. They, they own us. Until I came along, they just owned every president, including, including presidents that I liked. But remember this. I took in hundreds of billions of dollars. I put a 50% tax on a tariff on tax or tariff. You can call it either one but I put a tariff on steel. If I didn't do that, you wouldn't have any steel mills. If I didn't do that, you wouldn't have washing machines in the United States being made anymore.
1: One of the countries that's very concerned, obviously, about Iran and its nuclear ambitions is Saudi Arabia. Sure. What do you make of the Biden administration policy to Saudi
0: Arabia? I think it's terrible. We've lost Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, they're friends of mine. They're great people. The, the uh, crown prince and the king, I got along with them incredibly good. They would do anything. They are great, great people. They've actually gone over to China now. If you think about it, think of it. It was even unthinkable. If somebody suggested it during my administration, nobody would take it even seriously. Saudi Arabia's really gone over to China. China's protecting them now. We have lost Saudi Arabia. Biden goes over and does a fist pump with the king. Now he's the king, the future king of Saudi Arabia. Does a, you know what a fist pump is? Don't touch my hands because they're dirty. So he tells him, don't touch my hands because Your hands are dirty, let's do a fist pump. And he does a fist pump. Do you know how insulted they were by that? Look, we have people that are stupid running our country. This is the most dangerous time in the history, in my opinion, in the history of our country, in the history of the world, because of the power of weaponry. It's the most, this is the most unbelievably dangerous time because of nuclear weapons and other things, by the way. We have incompetent people running our country in the most dangerous time. Now, little articles come out, little articles, just like two, two sentences long, that they spotted uh, Russia sending nuclear weapons to Belarus. Little article, like two sentences. I said, that's a big thing. See, that's a big thing. That's so big. Can't allow that to happen. That's so big. So what would you have done? What's going to happen? He wouldn't have done it with me. Putin wouldn't have done it with me, but that's the difference. Hard to explain that to people. You know, you can do more if you have the right president by phone calls and quick meetings than you can by having all these so-called geniuses all over the place that don't know what they're doing.
1: On Saudi Arabia, what do you say to the critics who say you're too close to them, that you're getting a lot of money from live golf, playing at your golf courses, and that there are billions of dollars of investment With your son-in-law Jared Kushner and and daughter Ivanka, what do you say?
0: So I say proudly that I'm the only president. I expected I'd lose a billion or two. It's probably more than that by being president. I lost billions of dollars by not doing deals in Saudi Arabia. I could have done hotels in Saudi Arabia. I could have done hotels in the Middle East. They offered me, I turned down one deal for $2 billion, net, net, nothing to do. Just use the name Trump and build your job and this and that. I would have, $2 billion, I turned it down. Because I said it was inappropriate for us to do it. I told my kids who are good kids, and they're working kids, they're not scam artists. I told Don and Eric, we don't want to do any deals, any vodka. I don't want to do any deals. I just don't want to just, we got a lot of stuff. Just run it, run it properly like this, run it properly. I don't want to do deals because any deal I do is going to be perceived as being in conflict. Then all of a sudden I start to see this stuff that Biden's done, where he's going around scamming every country. He goes to a country and then millions of dollars shows up into accounts. And these aren't deals. This is cash coming in. And, and here's the most disappointing thing. The press doesn't want to cover it. Jamie Comer and Jim Jordan and that whole group, they're doing an incredible job. You take a look at the amount of writing done on the millions and millions of dollars coming out of China and other countries, like, excuse me, Ukraine, into the Biden family. And in all fairness to Fox, other than you, there's basically nobody that reports it. I just want to rewind. Did you just praise Fox? I did. I gave okay, you a good. Thank letter. you. Yeah, we yeah. have been covering no, that. No, no, you do cover it. No, I give you. I'll would you, you want credit. Jared
1: and Ivanka to serve in a second administration?
0: No, I do no. I said that's enough for the family. You know why? It's too painful for the family. My family has been through hell. I mean, they. Eric, my son, who's a fine boy. You know him very well. He's a fine young man. Good student. Good everything comes in. We're doing beautifully. Then I decide to run for president. I mean, I don't think anybody in the world in history has ever had more subpoenas sent to him. Nobody has been through what my family has been through. Ivanka had a really successful line of clothing. I mean, making a fortune. When I did this, she was really... she closed it up. She sort of felt she had to, but she closed it up. Uh, My other boys were doing great. And I said, instead of let's take advantage of being president... I mean, some people would say that's stupid because everyone else has done it. Nancy Pelosi is worth $125 million, I read, and she never got paid more than $150,000 a year. How does that happen? How does that happen? Uh, Yet yeah, you want to go through this all again. Because I want to make America great again. We had it great. We had it great. We were respected all over the world. Very simple, I want to make America great again. We'll continue right after this.
1: Let's talk about the economy. Would your policies roughly be similar to your first term as far as taxes,
0: regulation? Uh, yeah, and I do even more taxes. Don't forget, we took in more money after I gave tax cuts than we did before I did. them. people said, how did that happen? I did things, for instance, in the tax bill, foreign big companies like Apple and many others, Apple in particular, because uh, he brought in a lot of, lot of money. They were taxed to death if they had $5 billion sitting in other countries outside, where they made money in other countries, like in Europe and Asia. They, they would take the money. And they would leave it there because there was no way of getting it back. I have a clause in there, you're allowed to bring it back at a fairly low tax rate. Everybody brought it back. I mean, trillions of dollars came back into our country all of a sudden. And it was like an explosion. Apple took in, I think, 400 $400 billion dollars they brought back, 400 billion. They brought back. They were bringing back the rest. Maybe they've already brought it back. And, you know, it's very interesting with Biden. Uh, They haven't been able to hurt the Trump tax cuts because the people won't stand for it, they won't stand for it. But those tax cuts gave us, I think, two things. The tax cuts and the regulation cuts. I actually think the regulation cuts were more important. You know, we have the greatest economy in the history of our country. I think the regulation cuts were actually more important than the tax cuts. But I did the biggest tax cuts in the history of our country, bigger than the Reagan tax cuts, and the biggest regulation cuts in the history of our country. And business
1: people will agree with that. Uh, they do have concerns that that costs something. The U.S. added eight trillion dollars to the national debt under your administration, about three and a half trillion before COVID. Much of that time, you had a Republican Congress. So if voters are concerned about the debt, why
0: should they believe you'll address the debt in another term? I love the question. Because we, we had to fix a country. When I took this country over, it was broken. And we created a machine, and the oil was starting. We were energy independent. We were within four months of energy dominance. We were going to be supplying all of the natural gas and oil to Europe, all of it, as far as I was concerned. Remember, I was the one that stopped Putin from building his pipeline. I got it stopped. When Biden came in, he approved it. I said, this guy just approved it, goes to Germany and other parts of Europe. I said, this is a disaster because that means that, remember when I gave Angela the white flag of surrender? She said, what does that mean, Donald? I said, that means you're going to surrender because you are reliant on Russia for your energy. So when I did this deal, when I I did all of this, what was going to happen with our country, we were rocking and rolling at a level. We close to filled up the national reserves, which Biden let out to keep Gasoline prices down for an election, which is supposed to be used for war. It's not supposed to be used for that. But I filled up 75 million barrels of oil I bought when oil was really cheap. I made a great deal, 75 million barrels of oil when oil was cheap. But here's the thing, we were going, and we were now set, the infrastructure was there, the oil guys were there. We were going to make so much money as a country. You look at Saudi Arabia, you look at the wealth that they built, we have more oil than they do. I got Anwar approved in Alaska. It's as big or bigger than Saudi Arabia. The first day of the Biden administration, they terminated the deal. Ronald Reagan tried to do Anwar. He was unsuccessful doing it. Bush tried. Everybody tried to do it all for years and years, for 60 years. I got it done. It was all done. They're getting ready to drill. And Biden ended it. Brett, we were going to make so much money. Now everything was set. Then we got the COVID. COVID came in, our gift from China, and we had to do other things. you believe that? No, I don't. I I believe that uh, it came in from Wuhan. I said that. If you go back, you'll see. i was the one that said it came in from the Wuhan labs from day one. I was told a lot of things like, don't close up the country in terms of China. I did, and it was a tremendous I saved hundreds of thousands of lives. I believe it was incompetence, actually. I, I, you know, there's two thoughts. They did it. There's another thought. I was so tough on China, they did it to get me out. But I did better on you the don't election. don't believe that part? I don't believe that. No, I don't. I actually
1: think they were just incompetent. So it is a big part of that spending, COVID. Do you have regrets about how you handled that? Because some of your opponents are now running these loops of where you say you shut down the country.
0: We had to artificially close our country. We did just the right thing. We closed it down. We understood the disease. We closed the country down. We studied it. We learned about it. Some people wish we never closed it down. We did the right thing. Everything we did was right. And do you have regrets about doing that? I gave the governors the options. For instance, uh, Henry McMaster of South Carolina. Governor. Great guy. Great governor. He didn't shut it down. Tennessee didn't shut it down. South Dakota didn't shut it down. Georgia shut it down for a little while, but not much. They did a good job. Six states that didn't shut down. I gave, it's a federalist system. I told all governors, you do what you want. You can shut it down or not. Florida, by the way, he shut it down tight. No highways, no beaches, no this. But then, then he back
1: pretty up. hard. He opened I know, up. But, but is it fair to criticize him on that? Sure. He was credited for sure. how no, no, Florida he got dealt with COVID. Because
0: he has better PR than other governors. But other governors did a better job than Ron DeSanctimonious. So, look.
1: Why do you use that
0: name? Because um, I got him elected. And I thought it was very disloyal when he said, yes, I'd run. I got him past two races. I got him past the primary because he was losing by 30 points or more. So he it's was a loyalty question? Yeah, it's a loyalty. I'm a big loyalist. You know, some people say... Some people right here in this room have told me, sir, don't worry about loyalty. Loyalty doesn't mean anything in politics. I said to me, it does. I got the guy elected. He came to see me. Let's say weeping because he was dead. He was getting out of the race. He was looking for jobs already, probably at law firms or wherever he's gonna look. He was totally dead. He ran a horrible campaign. He was running against Adam Putnam, the uh, agriculture commissioner who was running for that position for eight years. Putnam had 38. Million dollars bank, Ron had nothing, zero. Putnam was at 40%, Ron was at 3%. It was like a wipeout. The election was gonna be very soon. I said, you're dead. If George Washington endorsed you, you're not gonna win. He said, sir, if you endorse me, I think I could win. And he fought for me along with Jim Jordan and hundreds of other people, in all fairness. He was fine, but he fought. But I would see him every once in a while fighting on the impeachment hooks. So I didn't know Adam Putnam. So I said, let's give it a shot. I endorsed him and it was like a bomb went off. As Soon as I endorsed him, he won the primary, it was over. He won by a landslide. But then I had him to get him past Gillum, who was a rock star. He was gonna be the next president of the United States. He was the biggest guy in the party, him and female version, Stacey Abrams, right? These are the two hottest politicians in the Democrat party. And Ron said, there's no way I can beat him. I said, you're gonna beat him. I did three rallies.
1: God bless you, thank you so much.
0: So we had big, massive rallies for Ron, three of them. I said, you're gonna win. He ended up winning. He ended up winning by so a tight race. So it makes you mad. Then, then three years later, they say to him, then I, I didn't deal with, I didn't know him that well. Three years later, but I got him elected. But I did that with other people too. But you know what, just out of respect. So I said, three years later, they asked him, Are you going to run against the president? He said, I have no comment. I said, no comment? No comment means he's going to run. I said, this guy's going to run. And he was dead as a doornail. He wasn't like, I didn't help him 90%, I helped him 100%. Some I do and some I help. But this guy was dead politically. And for him to then say, I'm going to run against the guy that got me into office. And I didn't need that because I took a lot of heat. I had a lot of friends that were on the other side of that one. I took big heat on that. It's not that easy to do.
1: One was a leader and one let us down. So I well, think when your PAC is
0: running ads against
1: him, and actually it adds up to more money than you spent supporting GOP candidates in 2022. I, support, so far, I supported a lot of candidates. I know, but your tally so far on the PAC running ads against DeSantis yeah. is more than that support. S- so so me, why do it? I well, mean, you, you, do you see
0: him as the biggest threat? Well, he's the number two right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, at some place he could be replaced the way he's going right now. He's dropping like a rock. He could be number three, number four. And you won't ever hear me talking about him again. I like fighting number two. (laughs) If you're in a golf match and you got one guy that's close and other guys that aren't so close. But he's not close. I'm leading him by 45 or 50 points. Last thing on COVID. In your mind, did the COVID vaccine work? It's a, such an interesting question, because not only that, I also did the Regenerons of the world, you know, the whole. Well, we did a tremendous job on that, uh, but we had a wet vaccine. Now, you have different. You have different Covids. You had COVID-19 and then you have different Strange. Covids. But we had a, original was COVID-19, which was the roughest one. So I have a Democrat friend who's very smart. Hopefully, he votes for me, but he's very smart. He said, I don't understand one thing about you. I watch your rallies. They're incredible. You talk about beating ISIS, you talk about taxes, you talk about uh, regulation, you talk about everything. But you never saw, said that, I've never heard you talk about how the incredible job you did with the vaccines because, as you know, I got them done in nine months, and it was supposed to take anywhere from five to 12 years. I broke their ass, okay? And you know who doesn't like me too much? The FDA because they were very bureaucratic, and I got it done. And he said, you may have saved in the world, throughout the world, 100 million people, and you never talk about it. I said, I really don't want to talk about it because, as a Republican, it's not a great thing to talk about because, for some reason, it's just not. For some reason? Yeah, for some reason, because people love the vaccines and people hate the vaccines, but conservatives aren't. And, and I understand both sides of it, by the way. I understand both sides very well. What I didn't do is the mandates. The mandates and the vaccines don't go. And you had these governors mandate. Well, you did with and the defense by the way, department. Ron DeSantis. The Pentagon did. Ron DeSantis had lines of people trying to get the vaccine. He set up whole things. You know, when I never saw a guy that could forget the past so quickly because the past wasn't that long ago. Ron DeSantis had a, literally had people lined up trying to get the vaccine. All the things that he said, for instance, Ron DeSantis loved Fauci. Sure, but you didn't fire him. You listened to well, him, you well, kept he's him a on. a civil service for it. You you're not actually allowed to fire him, but I wouldn't let that usually get in my way. You know, it's one of those things. But I never spent a lot of time with Fauci. Who did is Biden. Fauci became very powerful under Biden. I was remember, Fauci was the one that said, don't close it to China, I closed it to China. Fauci, believe it or not, was totally anti-mask, and then he became a radical masker. But on the vaccines, so the the mandates are horrible, and I was always against the mandates. But really, on the vaccines, I I let the governors make their decisions. But you have a lot of people that love the vaccines, I mean, you do. They happen to be more Democrat than they are Republican. That's why I asked the question. But you have a lot of people. There are people that say I saved 100 million lives. I don't even talk about it. On
1: law and order, you have said you'd be in favor of the death penalty for drug dealers. Yeah. Still the case?
0: Yeah, it's the only way you're going to stop it. Look, we can be babies and we can have blue ribbon committees. I had my great first lady, beautiful wife, Melania, who says hello. She was in charge of a committee, a blue ribbon committee of socialites and various other people that want to be on a committee. And they worked very hard. And by the way, had an impact. You know, we, we brought it down 18%, but 18% is not 100%. When I was in China, I met with President Xi, 1.4 billion people. I said, do you have a drug problem? No, 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 no. I do not have a drug problem. I said, hmm, why do you say that is? Because we immediately give a quick trial and a death penalty. To drug dealers, and if you go to Singapore, rich, everything else, they, they had a huge drug problem, zero drug problem. If you want to get rid of it, now, I don't know that this country is ready for it. I just don't know. You know, every time I say it, I sort of like, it's not easy to say the death penalty, but remember this, a drug dealer, male or female drug dealer, plenty of female drug dealers too, a drug dealer will kill approximately 500 people during the course of his or her life. So, you were a big proponent of the First Step
1: Act, the criminal justice reform. You even ran an ad during the Super Bowl about it.
0: With gratitude, I want to thank President Donald John Trump. Woo!
1: (laughs) Critics of that law point out that 13,500 people have been released. About 12% of them have committed serious crimes after that. Joel Francisco was serving life sentence for selling crack cocaine. He was released in 2019, alleged stabbing a man to death, uh, rearrested, Paul Moore, drug trafficker, fatally shot, a rival, received a reduced sentence. So there are those. And your opponents are hitting on focused,
0: this. Yeah, but I focused on nonviolent crime. As an example, a woman who you know very well was in jail. She had 24 more years to serve. She served for 22 years. She had Alex Johnson. Alice. She was in the Super Bowl. High quality. Yeah. I said, how many years? And she was on a telephone call and they were involved in selling marijuana, mostly marijuana. And she got like 50 years in jail. But she'd be killed under your plan. Huh? As a drug dealer. No, no, no. Under my. Oh, under that? Uh, it would depend on the severity. But it would depend on the severity.
1: Ad. She's technically a former drug dealer. She the. She had multi-million dollar cocaine
0: ring. Any drug dealer, look. So even Alice Johnson in that ad? She can't do it, okay? By the way, if that was there, no, she wouldn't be killed. It would start as of now, so you wouldn't go to the past. No, but your policy. No, 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 starting now, yeah. But she wouldn't have done it if it was death penalty. In other words, if it was death penalty, she wouldn't have been on that phone call. She wouldn't have been a dealer. Now, she wasn't much of a dealer because she was sort of like, I mean, Honestly, she got treated terribly. She was treated. She was treated sort of like I get treated. But, Brett, she was treated very unfairly. But you got 48 years, and that was bad. Now, today, if I did what I say that you have to do, and again, I'm not sure the country's ready for it. You know, China was hugely a- 150 years ago, China was taken over by much lesser countries because they were all drugged out on the opium and all the problems. It's a
1: communist regime. They they dropped the hammer.
0: They were all drugged out, and they were totally—they were a disaster. They were taken over by other smaller countries, large sections of China. And then things happened and they had strong leadership and they put in the death penalty and they've become—they've been able to build. But
1: if you you speak to
0: President Xi, he will tell you, without the death penalty, we would have a non-functioning country.
1: My point is that you're getting hit from the right for being soft on crime because of the First Step Act. And then you're saying that that would be your policy. Mark Short, the vice president's chief of staff, said this this weekend.
0: One of the most unseemly parts of the end of our administration was the pardons that Donald Trump gave to cocaine traffickers, to family members, to people guilty of violent crimes. What do you say to that? Because I looked at individual things, and I had committees doing this much more than me, and they would look at things, and sometimes people, even when they're there's a violent crime very few violent crimes because i didn't want to take chances on that right but uh, they would look at people and they would recommend to me do it or not i turned down 50 for everyone i pardoned but sometimes you would see something that normally you wouldn't do and you do it on recommendation of a very good committee we had a very good committee a very capable committee but if you want to stop Drugs in this country, which by the way cause I would say 50 60 percent of the crime and add fentanyl in there Yeah, especially when you had oh, the fentanyl is a disaster one thing about fentanyl So I was with President Xi and we had a deal worked out He was going to give the death penalty to anybody in China that made fentanyl He was going to call it a criminal act and he was all set to do it. Then again. We had the election That's the end of that they would not have been sending fentanyl. They send it right through Mexico comes right through the border but you know right now 12 times more drugs come through the border than came through when I was president. Now, Brett, one thing, if you want to stop drugs, there's only one way you're gonna stop them, the death penalty for dealers.
1: January 6th, obviously you're facing the special counsel investigation. Are you worried about any of that, the criticism about what you did and didn't do that day, N- your no, communications no. at all?
0: So. I gave many in my speech, you know, my speech has been reviewed by every lawyer that's reviewed it said it was a perfectly normal speech. You ever hear Maxine Waters hit him in the face and hit him here and hit. My speech was an elegant speech. It was a very Lindsey Graham said about my speech, that's maybe the softest speech I've ever heard you make. It's very interesting. I said peacefully and patriotically, be peaceful, be patriotic. But even more than the speech, I put out statements. Now, two of those statements were on Twitter. And as soon as I put them out, they terminated me. And the reason they terminated me, I've heard, is because those statements were so good. They were beautiful statements. Go home, don't do this, go home, et cetera, et cetera. Two things interesting about that day. Number one, they never show the pictures of the actual rally, where I made the speech. All they do is show the Capitol with maybe 1,000 people. It was the largest crowd that I've ever spoken before. And some people say it was way over a million people. But it was the largest crowd that I've ever spoken before. Nobody ever shows it. But I'm talking about January 6th, that day.
1: Are you, about what you did and didn't do, worried about where this is headed at all. You said that you would pardon uh, perhaps the
0: rioters. Would you also pardon the people who were convicted of assaulting officers? Well, you also have, uh, no, we'd look at individual cases, but many of those people are very innocent people. They did nothing wrong. In Portland, where they killed people and they've destroyed a city. I mean, the place it's got, it's all boarded up. They destroyed, nothing happened to them. In Seattle, where they took over 20% of the city, nothing happened to them. And these people, many of them, soldiers and policemen and firemen and teachers and doctors. These people, nobody's ever seen anything like it. This is like a third world, we're being run now like a third world country. You've suggested you may skip
1: the early Republican primary debates, the first being August in Milwaukee. You're still in that mindset?
0: I, I like to debate. I mean, I probably am here because of debates. I don't mind it at all. But when you're 40 points up, and you're running against, and even one came out today that you saw 51 points up, why would I let Ada Hutchinson, I call him Ada, because you know, his name's Asa, but I call him Ada for whatever reason. Why is that? Uh, he needs- I think he's weak. Okay. I think he's ineffective. But why would I let him, uh, Chris Christie, who's got nothing going, except I could tr- be tougher in Trump, he's not tougher in anybody's he's slob. But why would I let these people take shots at me? In other words, Hey, Ronald Reagan had primaries. They all had primaries. Um, I had one last time. Uh, and Biden, he's got somebody at 21%. I just saw a number 21%, JFK Robert, Jr., who's a very Kennedy. nice person. I know him very well. Uh, he's a very, very fine person. He's at 21%. But DNC's not gonna do any debates. They, he well, won't agree to them. To it, but the so what does it mean is, if the, the two frontrunners is, for the White
1: House, you and President Biden, duck the debate stage? Oh, no, we have to debate.
0: No, no. No, uh, Prior primary. Oh yeah, we have to. He and I have to definitely debate. That's what I love. But the two of us have to debate as the two even if the polls are.
1: So you haven't made your definitive decision on the primary.
0: No, I haven't. But I do say, why would I allow a hostile network, Fox? You know, pretty hostile. Why would I allow?
1: You get a fair shake.
0: Okay, but I mean, this is a fair interview. But it's hostile. It's on the hostile side. I wouldn't say it's a puff piece, but that's okay. Hey, Brett, why would I allow a? Hostile network and then allow people that are polling at zero They're polling at zero many of these guys one of them is zero with an arrow left now I think that's a mistake in other words a zero that's less than zero Christie's like at 1% or less Uh, Many of them Nikki Haley's at 2% she hasn't caught on because everyone knows she's you know Highly overrated you know I put Nikki there because I like the governor the lieutenant governor of South Carolina and Henry McMaster has turned out to be a great, great governor. That's why you put her in well, the position two. for the U.S.? I UN. got two for the price of one. I put her over there. But much more important to me because Henry McMaster was great, always great. And people love him in South Carolina. And I got him to be governor of South Carolina. That was a very big thing to me. And I put her in that other position. But look, Nikki is very low. They're all very low. So why would I allow people at 1% and 2% and 0% to be hitting me with questions all night? You know, I don't think it's fair. Does any of this ever get to you? Are you ever exhausted by it? I almost don't have time to be exhausted. I should be exhausted. Many people have asked, how do you take it? And I think genetically, it's like, whether it's an athlete or something else. Because you've been under fire in the spotlight for well, a long time. Well, I've been time. under fire from the time I came down the escalator, maybe before that. If you look at the whole hoax, it started, when, when my name was first announced, and I did well in the poll right from day one, you know, when I came down that first day, I was I went to number one of the poll and I never came back. As a Republican, I was center stage every single debate. And we had a lot of them, but I was center stage every single, and I, by the way, I didn't do one debate because I thought Fox was treating me very unfairly. You know, you do remember that. that. I know, that I debate remember. That didn't do too well either. But, but why, and, and I would love to debate in one way, but in another way, I say, why would I debate allowing people that are polling at zero, have no votes, have no popularity, shouldn't be there, they're wasting everyone's time and they know it. Why would I allow them to ask me questions? Well, I'm going to ask this question, the final question. Christine sent an Instagram post and she asked, how is Melania handling all of this? She is a woman of great dignity and beauty and style. She is a very popular first lady, although a lot of people might not know that one way or the other. When I make speeches, we're starting the rallies now very soon. And when I make speeches, we have 50,000, 75,000 people, 25,000, 20,000. We have massive crowds, biggest ever in the history. There's never been anything like it. So many signs. are We love our first lady. The people love Melania. She's a very confident person. Uh, She feels I'm being very badly mistreated. And she says, you go ahead and you do whatever you want to do because I'm with you 100%. So Melania and Barron fully in. They're great. Mr. President, do you think you were fairly treated today? I don't know. A couple of questions could have been done without, but that's okay. I enjoyed it. We really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Listen
1: ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.